Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 23rd dose, and it's called Space. This week, my, oh wait, maybe I should introduce myself in case this is your first time listening. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I make this podcast about every week because I'd like to share with you some of the magic tricks I've learned, some of the things that add meaning and beauty and ease to my life, and kind of point out some of some of the things we might otherwise miss in our kind of everyday world. And I take that from there, from that theme, other directions towards um, poetry and stories and kind of whatever seems seems fresh and relevant. Uh, and I'm making this particular episode called Space because I've been thinking a lot about space this week, uh, mostly in the physical sense, but also in the sense of time and intimacy. And because uh, one of you listeners asked about uh, one more of my experiences with living in unconventional spaces, and I love it when I get questions from you guys, so I'd like to answer that one in a little bit more of an extended way through this time together. So, space. I was thinking of calling it small space, big lessons, but I'm also in a enjoying bigger space, so maybe it's like small space, big lessons, big space, small lessons? Not sure about that. Uh, but to give a little bit of background, for the last about 10 years, I have almost entirely lived in unconventional situations, like a 20 by 10 off-grid cabin. Like, when I say off-grid, I don't mean like well set up off-grid <laughs> with like a composting toilet and a nice battery bank of solar panels. I mean like really rustic uh, with a tiny solar panel to one battery that could power a light bulb and charge my phone and a outhouse for a toilet and uh, running water from like running down from the bucket I would open up the spout on that I would have to go get the water from my neighbor so that was about three years after that and a brief stint in a regular roommate situation I think I lasted maybe three months in that house um, then I lived on a sailboat for a while and small cabin then remotely in the woods in a shared house that was also quite small and a tiny little bunkie with just my bed in it to myself. And now I live in a 28 by eight foot trailer. Uh, so all that to say, I have some experience with living in small spaces and I just like to reflect on that. And hopefully something that I've picked up from that will help you in whatever circumstance you're living in to maybe appreciate it or enjoy it or change it something helpful like that. So um, yeah, small spaces. I think one of the best lessons through all those different living situations has been really knowing that it's possible, knowing that I don't need to live in a big space. And that opens up a lot of different alternatives to like living in a conventionally big house. Um, that's not 
not entirely appealing to me, though when I spend time in a really, like a, a beautifully intentionally done uh, regular house, then I, I do feel some appeal. Um, but yeah, just the, the possibilities that open up um, as far as budget and location and movability and yeah, just the, there's so many options when you realize you don't need a lot of space to be happy. And I think from the time really rustically, I also, I also learned that there was, there was other things that, that um, comprised a life that felt rich. I was so rich in time then. Um, it's almost like time moved slower. And on the boat when I was sailing far away from, from like not in regular contact with lots of people, time took on a whole different rhythm. And I notice now that my schedule is quite full I really crave that space, the space of time. And there's also something uncomfortable about it, about unscripted, unscheduled time really uh, causes us to confront ourselves in a way that can be kind of frightening. Um, I've also learned that we're very social creatures. And so a lot of time, um, by ourselves can can be challenging mentally. Anyways, that's getting into time as as space. And I think it's really interesting how those two are like related linguistically, like, you know, I'll just find time or find space in my schedule. And then also at like a physics level, time and space and relationship to celestial bodies are what we um, calculate time by in the linear sense. Okay, getting back to small spaces. So I learned to really curate my possessions because I didn't have much room to have many. And I'm really grateful for what that's taught me about decluttering, about only having the things that I love and enjoy and need. And just not assuming that having more is better, which bucks a huge trend in general consumer society that is hugely driven by the need for more. And I noticed that now I, I kind of keep trying to upgrade my possessions. Like, like if I want to buy a new one, I want it to be better and either like quality or aesthetic or ethics than the ones I've had before. Um, but having a small space means I have to be really intentional about what I buy because there might not be room for it. And so I almost always have a box of stuff to go to the thrift store because if I am buying new things, it probably means something has to go. So there's quite a, a cycle to my possessions. And I think that has taught me about letting go and about, um, not getting too attached to my things but I do have space for the things that are really important to me so it's like I just don't have space for the things that I don't like or that aren't important and I think having to deal with that physically with like my clothes and my dishes um, probably has influenced how 
I deal with that like psychologically that I don't have a lot of time for for doing things that aren't um, aren't like nurturing and beneficial yeah uh, I don't have a lot of kitchen gadgets I don't have a lot I have a lot of shoes right now though I just built a shoe rack in my house and I'm noticing that I have more shoes than I've probably ever had and I'm loving having lots of shoes so it's like it's just a choice of like what's important um I learned to cut garlic without like how to mince garlic because for ages I haven't had a garlic press I do now and it's quite nice but I still find myself habitually just using a knife and mincing it up I've learned how to have multi-purpose things um and how to get by without the other thing so like I don't bake that much so do I don't need measuring cups because I can just measure all my recipes are pretty much approximate so I can just use like a mug or a cup and I have one liquid measure in case I really need to measure something uh, that would be one example but then I have a, a set of decorative and functional like teaspoon measuring spoons because they're wooden with like birds carved into them and they're so pretty and I bought them mostly as a decoration. So they're like hanging up in my kitchen as a decoration and they're functional. So things that serve multi-purpose in small spaces are really important. And I love um, storage solutions and just the, the way that small spaces make you think about use and, and function and beauty and things that are functional and beautiful are like the are gold in a small space. Uh, I've also learned about mice uh, in the cabin and currently in my trailer. I deal with mice and I don't like dealing with mice. It's not pleasant. Uh, at first when I moved to the off-grid cabin I it was the first time I had to trap mice and I, I decided that if I trapped them and one got like half caught then the responsible thing to do if I had set the trap was to mercifully kill the half dead mouse and I remember the first time I had to do that was like the first time I'd intentionally killed a mammal probably and uh, I was like nervous and invigorated and I felt this sort of hunter energy and I also felt like a total city girl and I remember just like blabbing to a friend at the time like boastfully after I'd done it with this conflicted like ah, 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 I did it um it's one of my least favorite parts about cabin living and now with mice in my trailer I have bought four live traps because I didn't want to kill the mice but I want to get them out of my space and they make a mice can make a lot of noise and a lot of mess and I don't like sharing my space with them but I have tried so many times to find out how they are getting in and I have yet to discover it. So I have four live traps pretty much always set and most, I'd say every few days I catch a mouse or sometimes two. And then I have to drive or walk or bike them like two kilometers away to release them so they don't come back. And I love it. I love the releasing part. I love that they're still alive. I don't love the logistics of it and then I had one like who was getting into the live trap and getting back out like I would set the trap outside if I heard it in the middle of the night and then plan to uh, 
you know, release it in the morning farther away. And then I go outside and the trap is empty. So this was a, a greater issue. And so a few, for a few days I had the mouse I called Houdini in my house, you know, doing things like putting insulation into the live trap and then leaving. So this clever mouse had figured out how to get out. And so then I had to institute a dead trap for a while and got that mouse. I think I'm back onto mice that don't need to get in don't need to know, don't know how to get out of the live trap. Uh, but yeah, sharing space with mice, not a big fan. Sharing space with other humans is also a challenge in a small space. It um, kind of pressure cooks everything about the relationship, I'd say, and, and makes this, yeah, pressure cooker, incubator, whatever you want to call it for any of the issues. You're really like in and amidst each other's stuff and energy and like really up literally in each other's space. Um, before I do that again, before I share a small space with someone, there would be more, almost like more tests I would put us through. Like some things are really important to have established before doing that. Um, including ways to get time in, in your own space. Um, one of the lifesavers on living in the boat was this pair of like noise counseling headphones. So one of us could kind of zone into our own auditory space by listening to something else without the other one. And that was a, a way of creating, um, yeah, mental space. I've also noticed that humans tend to expand to the space that they're given. And so yeah, if you have a smaller space, you have less stuff. If you have a bigger space, you get more stuff. There's this strange, I'm not sure what it's like where you live, but where I live, rural properties have a strange ability to accumulate broken down cars. It's like, because they have people have the space, they just keep their old vehicle. Not everybody, but quite a few properties like accumulate old vehicles. And yeah, people fill up the houses that they have. They get enough furniture, then they get enough like wall hangings and we just tend to fill up the space that we're given. So it's one way of really simplifying some aspects of life by having less space. Um, that said, it also complicates some things. Like when I had less space to carry things because I was bike commuting instead of having a car, then there was other logistics of like how to get big possessions back to my house. So small space living does, or, sm or small panniers do bring their own challenges. And so now, if you are following me on Instagram, you know that I have a studio space I've rented. So I'm now trying having a small house and a big studio. So I'm about a month into this experiment and I noticed that I have never had my, like a f actually in the off-grid cabin, I had a little sewing space, but I've never had a big space for my creative projects. I've always fit them in and around my other stuff in remarkably creative ways, like that I could find I actually had my sewing machine on the sailboat, this old treadle machine 
which acted as the kitchen table and the cutting board table and my sewing space. That said, it's remarkable how much sewing and crafting and creating I have done with very little space. And this is the first time that I have a really big space to make stuff in. Um, and it's changing, it's changing my psyche. Like there's a certain ease of creating, like logistics, like I can spread fabric out on the floor, like to its full extent before I cut out a magic cape. And I can put, I'm working on this extended collage project and I've now spread it out all over the floor that I had, I've never had that much floor space that was going to be uninterrupted. I can leave it here like all week and nobody's going to come move it. And yeah, it's changing. It's changing me. I don't entirely know how yet, which is the second part I want to bring up here. Um, or maybe we're on to fifth or sixth. I'm not sure. This idea of space as in like holding space for something. Uh, a while ago, somebody asked me, what does that expression mean? Holding space. I hear it all the time. And I tried to describe how I felt like it was sort of the gesture of having your arms open, almost like ready to receive, but also like ready to embrace. And that holding space means, um, maybe it means silence. Maybe it means safe space to talk. Maybe it means just a, an invitation but the um, maybe it means an intention of a group, but holding space means you're kind of like this this solid solidness for the unfolding to happen in. And sometimes that's a person, like holding the space for another person or a group, like holding the intention and and ready for what comes with it, but not not in a wishy-washy way. There's there's kind of a solidity, like as if you are the walls that is making the space. So I noticed that this studio is kind of holding space for my creativity and that I haven't fully, like there's there's so much I could do here and I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's like currently the physical space is meta, like is quote holding space for my creativity to fully um, be expressed. And, and that feels really comforting it's also a little bit scary because I've never had this much space. So like, what am I going to do with it? Am I just going to fill it up with junk? Am I going to fill my time up with useless projects? Am I going to make nothing I'm proud of? Am I going to, um, yeah, just be like cluttered in creation or material? Like, oh, that's a thing that happens with space. When people get spaces for their hobbies, they often just fill it up with a lot of material like maybe more material than they're ever going to use, be it like wood or gadgets or fabric or paint. And so I'm really aware of not wanting to get so many, not wanting to get a lot more materials than what I'm going to use. So I haven't actually put in much storage here, a little bit, but not too much, because I don't think it's useful for me to be able to endlessly store potential. I think it's more helpful for me to... Um, cycle through the useful materials and then give them away when that project's done. Um, so I am aware of that as I have this bigger space. And then I also feel right now this like space in time where I don't necessarily know how things are going to unfold. 
I feel some uncertainty of like where my own plans and projects and and where does it all lead like I I feel like there, I've made this space in my mind and my my intentions and my physical studio and like where does it go <laughs> what happens like this is a lot of space um yeah and I'm feeling just kind of that I guess a bit of emptiness like this I'm feeling a full schedule but also a bit empty like there's like I've I haven't grown into the the shell yet you watch hermit crabs I love hermit crabs and they um I'm not sure if you guys live near the ocean where there's hermit crabs but they're crabs that don't make their own shells they just adopt the shells of other crustaceans once they've died and they move into the shell and then as the hermit crab gets bigger they have to like upgrade to a bigger shell and sometimes you see a hermit crab that is like really really growing out of its shell and it can't it's so the animal is so big it can't like retreat back and hide in its shell anymore which is kind of dangerous and and you just want it to soon find a bigger shell and then sometimes you see one that has just moved into a big shell and like the animal is super tiny it can barely move the shell around with it because it's quite heavy for its size and so before I got this studio I was feeling like the oversized hermit crab like I didn't have my shell wasn't big enough for what I was up to and my creations and what I wanted to make and now I kind of feel like that undersized hermit crab where I'm like oh I've got space to grow and therefore this thing's a little bit floppy on my back like for example I still have a uh, like part-time regular job working for somebody else and so I feel like I can't spend as much time in my studio as I want to. So there's like this, it's like I can't expand into it. I'm, just, I'm too, my schedule doesn't have enough room for my physical space now. And then I wonder like, does my motivation, like can I expand into here and keep myself energized and interested? Is there an audience for, or a market or, or a response to everything I wanna make? Does that even matter? And yeah, I feel edgy this week and I feel, um, I still feel a bit confident, but I feel a little bit, a little bit small. Like it, it's sort of like small and large at the same time. Like I feel the most expanded and expansive I've probably ever felt, but also, also small. Like as if I just got into a bigger pond and I'm a, I'm a little bit scared. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared of what I've never, pl I've never played a game with this much space before and it does feel like a game I've never played with this much um, I guess it's like autonomy maybe and I've also never played with this much money I've never had this big of an expense and this much money coming in and money is like another like it can create space or create a cramped feeling and this feels kind like it feels kind of old like I've done this before I look around and I see what I'm making and I see like the binder beside me that I've had for years and I'm writing short stories in and I, I see this art piece I'm working on on the wall which was super handy to actually have a wall I could hang it up on to like lay it all out 
And like it's in a style that I've done literally since that cabin. Like for ten years, I've been making these little stacked squares, and I just I can't get them out of my system. They keep coming back, and I love making them. So like that's that's not new. And I see this this set of stamps from one of my best friends, and I see like this quote in Spanish that I wrote. And I learned Spanish like eighteen years ago. So like it do, it's not. I, and then I have these posters of John Denver on the wall because I love his music and that's like from before I was born so it doesn't feel brand new but it feels like I've never had this combination before I'm slightly daunted and excited and I feel a little bit lonely in my shell like there's a bit too much space while feeling like also empty and wanting to fill it up with more so I realize this is probably a strange episode and it's just about space, but what I've learned from a small space and about this feeling of space inside me that I have. And sometimes I trust that you can just get the gist of what I'm saying through like the energy of my voice. <laughs> you can like as if this whole thing is a poem and you'll just decode it and hopefully it'll be helpful because in this real like everyday normal life space is something we're always moving in and around and we've got our own and we've got other people's and we've got you know personal space and and we're we're trying to get close to people and away from people and we're trying to clean our space or not clean our space and rent our space or buy our space and and carve out space of time and what strange words to use and then there's but we're always in space the whole world is happening in space and I think this is a, like a long-form unedited poem that needs to still <laughs> take some shape so thank you for listening thanks for joining me I find this podcast is kind of like a space in itself it's a space in time where I speak and then you listen and I love hearing back from you thank you for that question um, about small spaces I think I took it probably a different direction than you'd expected, but hope that's interesting. And I'm um, happy to have more questions come my way. If you want to be in touch, you can reach out on Instagram at Magic for Realists or through the website magicforrealists.ca. And I always love hearing from you. So until next week, I hope you enjoy your space and notice it. And yeah, I hope that that's helpful. Bye for now. Thank you.